This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. Down, down, down the sideline. Into the end zone. From the offseason to the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step with your host, Sean Morash. All right, welcome into One Giant Step. Sean Morash here. Bryce Gelman's back. Little Bryce, the Bryce is right, is back with us. Bryce, it's Commander Week again. How are you, pal? I'm doing well, Sean. And we both were in Vegas this past weekend and, uh, we I heard from what you were saying, you had a you had a great time. I did as well. So yeah, yeah. I did. I had a great it's time. Fun. Watched the Giants get obliterated by the Cowboys at uh, Flanker Sports Bar at in Mandalay Bay. That was fun. Not uh, well. The drinking was fun. The game wasn't. Uh, and then I watched the Jets lose some more. So it was a typical New York football weekend last weekend. And this weekend, we'll see. Uh, you know what awaits. Again, thank you for listening. Sticking with One Giant Step everywhere. Podcasts are available free on the Odyssey app. Download, subscribe. There'll be plenty of draft content from here to Kingdom Come because that's what's going to be going on here. Bryce, uh, another just unreal, uneasy week inside the Giant locker room as the fangs are out from media types. Uh, you know, trying to look for stories, and I understand it trying to dig up and, you know, put Brian Dable on the hot seat when I personally don't believe he deserves to be on the hot seat, trying to press certain players on things. Uh, let me just start with this. We need to take a deep breath as giant fans. And I, I don't want to call out the reporters because a lot of them I love and I think do a good job, but, and I know that at two and eight, there's not much left to be writing about for playoffs. First and foremost, problems, solutions, Bryce, Brian Dable and Joe Shane, as bad and as horrific as this season will ultimately represent, if you're strictly looking at stats, giving up the most yardage to the Cowboys that they've ever done in a game, I think a lot of people could get very lazy and go, this is the worst giant team I've ever seen. Who is that on? It's on the head coach and the GM. In a vacuum, fine. Can we calm down and understand the reality and the dominoes that have fallen in this season and stop trying to run away a good yeah. thing when you got it? It's easy to say dump the GM and dump the coach after two years as if last year A didn't exist and as if you know this year hasn't been an unbelievable chain of events that got us to this point. Uh, Bryce, I am not on board with any of the hot take artists who thinks that these guys should be on the hot seat right now. Yeah, they were dealt the absolute worst hand possible this year. They they got every single bad thing coming to them, and it happened. And and I think at this point, to go out of your way to claim that both of these guys deserve to be fired, I think you're part of the problem. If you're gonna if you're gonna sit here and call for another, yet another firing, I mean, how many GMs? With, I mean, this is the second GM, but this would be the you know the what the fourth or fifth head coach in the last ten years since Coughlin retired, it's just like, yeah. how, how much more, how much more inconsistency do you want? 
They made the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game when no one was expecting them to. And then this year they hit a speed bump. And it was the best app. And we're going to get into this in, in a little. But they're finally tanking at the right time. They can get a generational quarterback that could set them up for the next 10 to 15 years for the future. So why now? Do you want to get rid of these guys? Yes, it was a bad season. I understand you had high hopes, you had playoff expectations, but they didn't happen. So what? And now yeah. you're in a good position to tank, and they're doing the right thing. They've made all the right moves. Like They came in with one of the worst situations in football, zero cap space, a terrible offensive line, and they made the most of it. They've gotten some good skill, skill players. They've gotten Waller. I mean, Paris Campbell has been kind of a you – yeah, know, he's been pretty mid since, since they signed him. Yeah. But Bobby not even O'Karake. a signing like that. He's here for one year. Okarake's here for long term. Exactly. They drafted they, Nick they Fadden. The right moves. It, this isn't barren, and that's the other thing too, right? I think that because it got so bad now this year, there is this like overwhelming, geez, how far away are the Giants? And it's very easy to say, and I understand that. You could close your eyes and go, man, this team might be five, yard, five years away. And we do this constantly in football. And the truth is, that's really not the reality most of the time if you have a competent GM and head coach, which I believe the Giants do. Things in the NFL can turn around very quickly, very unexpectedly. Look, I'm going to keep pointing to this. What about the Houston Texans this year? Exactly. Look at the Texans. Think think about the AFC and what we would have told you with all the quarterbacks in the AFC if we said the Texans were in playoff. You'd say, what are you, nuts? If you hit on the right quarterback, things the coach falls into place, and, you know, balls bounce your way in a football season – the Giants have talent on this team. They absolutely do. What they didn't have was deep depth to survive certain injuries, a la Andrew Thomas. And oh, by the way, when you go through your starting quarterback and then your backup quarterback, and you're relying on a guy that was only on the practice squad that you were hoping that you could develop down the line to be a backup quarterback to now be your starter. Come on, let's just get with reality. And then human nature means your team's going to deflate a little bit when you see you're not scoring points and all of that. So yes, it looks horrible. It's a terrible product to watch. But I just let's take a deep breath and try to run guys out of town. I think that's going to be the solution here for the New York Giants. It isn't. And ultimately, I don't think John Mara will do that, which is fine. In terms of the players, there are two guys now this week who have stood out to me, one of which I'm a little surprised at, the other which I'm not surprised at. That are both problems. And I hate to say this, but if Daniel Jones was going to tear his ACL in many ways, if that was going to happen, I wish it happened a week prior to the trade deadline. Now, I knew that wasn't possible because he had the neck injury and everything. Because the moment he tore his ACL, we knew once and for all any fairy tale dream that I, I even tried to cook up with you here. Hey, look at the schedule coming up, yada, yada, yada with yeah. Jones. Uh, that went out the window. And because of that, the Giants didn't trade Xavier McKinney or Saquon Parkley. They did not. And both of those guys end up being lightning rods specifically on Thursday. Xavier McKinney has said a lot of stupid things in his career, which is so odd. I met him at camp, and he seems like such a nice young kid. Uh, but he can't help himself as a leader. And now, because maybe words have gotten out of context, he did like a Marshawn Lynch on Wednesday. I'm just here to win games. I'm just here to win games. I'm just here to win games. And it just comes across so condescending. Like, he cannot find a middle ground. And as a free agent on this team, I just don't see how the giant brass looks at Xavier McKinney, despite the fact that I like him as an actual player, and says that this guy is going to be a solution on this team. So, I mean, big deal, little deal. Is he a problem? Is he a solution? I think he's a problem. Xavier McKinney, where you're at with him, Bryce. What do you expect him to say? Like, I think well, all of the all oh, the he manufactured with Wink Barndale, I think that's a problem. What, that, you know, exactly. All, all this... That's a problem. You That's a problem. Bryce, but you can't come back to the media then afterwards when you have your obligations. Remember, yeah. he blew off the media Sunday after the game. He's a captain. 
Uh, that was with the whole Dexter Lawrence thing where, you know, he didn't, McKinney didn't step up either. You don't have to say I'm just here to win games. There are good ways to perfect giving non-answers. By the way, Dable does it all the time. It's not like McKinney's a kid anymore. He's going to be, in, I mean, I call him a young that. kid. He's four, you know, four years into the career. Figure yeah. it out, man. Figure it out. So this was the first time that he spoke since all, all of that happened, right? From, yes. from when I read this, is yeah. this is the first he time he the, spoke. He blew off the media post game, right? So he had an opportunity to clear the air here, which he didn't do. So if we're going to call him a problem, that's problematic. From not, you know, from he obviously got shooed out behind the scenes. Someone said something to him, and instead of coming back out and clearing the air, he decides to, you know, pour gasoline on the fire, and. Again, like I just said, what do you expect him to say? But, like, you are a captain. Remember that. On this Giants team, you may not be here for long, but you are a captain. And you're a leader on this team. You're a leader in in that locker room. You're a leader for that defense. So make these guys want to follow you. If you actually want to win games, you wouldn't just be sitting here, you know, with, 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 with this huge ego, like, oh, just try to win games. Like, I, I get it. I understand why you're saying it. None of us could really you know, make an opinion on it without knowing exactly what's going through his mind. You know, none of us have been on a football team that was expected to win eight to nine games, potentially make the playoffs, and now they're two and eight. So I cut him some slack here, but I do think what he's doing is problematic for the rest of the season. If you want to win games, that's that shouldn't be your mindset. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, you, you, that's not going to help you win games with that terrible mindset. Well, because he's, he's just speaking out of both sides of his mouth. Now, the other guy I do want to pivot to here is Saquon Barkley, who I have had such a roller coaster of emotions with Saquon Barkley. Um, like from the moment he was drafted, right? Because he he's arguably the most polarizing draft pick in many of our lifetimes, just from the standpoint of, do you take a running back second overall? But he's also really good. So you could justify in many ways that you have a damn good football player. And then we've seen his career where he's gotten hurt. And his career is basically played out so perfect to either side of the coin. Because when he's been on the field, he's been yeah. awesome. He was yeah. a big part of the reason why they made the playoffs. So if you were pro Saquon the pick, look, 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 look. If you were anti-Saquon the pick, every time he gets hurt or every time something you point up, it goes, this is why you don't take a running back second overall. It's like, it's unbelievable how his career is almost played out identical to the debate itself. Okay. So the Giants don't give Saquon Barkley a long-term deal in the offseason. And I think that... I, I think it's fair to say many of us totally understood it. We're on board with it, even if you were pro Saquon, anti Saquon, because you came to the terms of, you know, paying running backs long term. Just look at a rival the Dallas Cowboys with Zeke Elliott. That turned out to be a little mistake. Ba 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 ba. But he does the right thing. He ends up finding some kind of incentive deal that he'll never reach because there were numbers that he's never reached in his career are attached to making the playoffs. Uh, and he comes back and he's there for the start of camp, and he gets hurt. And he's part of the reason that Giants kind of really fell apart after the Arizona game because he wasn't out there. We saw how valuable he could be in that comes back. And in recent weeks, his play on the field, I've actually like swayed back on the pendulum of maybe I do want Saquon here for the next two, three years, especially if they have a young quarterback, because like I see the difference he makes on the field and I see that he's putting up with garbage um, and he's doing a good job of it. And now this week, I have to be honest with you, Bryce, I've swayed back the other way on. Yeah. I'm not so sure about Saquon Barkley, the leader. I'm not so sure on Saquon Barkley. Like the the persona and all we hear about is he's a great guy and a great kid. He might be. And he might be. But like none of us are actually there. 
I kind of get fake hero vibes from Saquon Barkley a little bit. Maybe fake hero is the wrong word. Like uh, fake leader vibes. I don't blame Saquon at all for exactly. speaking to the media about loyalty on Thursday and having been through because he just went through a contract negotiation where he saw how dirty and spiteful it can get. I don't necessarily blame him for that. But prior to the trade deadline, there was a lot of talk about the respect the Giants had for Saquon, that they sat him down, you're not going to be traded, and they talked about loyalty there. Or they at least talked about, you know, being a solution here. Or there was going to be a reason why he would not be traded. And maybe that was strictly, I, had, I debated this with Tiki and Evan on the air on Thursday. Maybe that was strictly, strictly uh, Dable doesn't want the house of cards to fall apart. I think it was the, the, the term that Tiki <laughs> used on it. But like, you know, I don't know, man. It just seems like, you're missing something when you're Saquon Barkley and you bring up all of this stuff about two weeks after the Giants could have moved you, which would have been better in theory for what they're trying to build yeah. here for the next couple of years. And now you're openly saying, whether it's with another team or this, like we don't want to hear that. Even if it is the reality, it just comes across as tone deaf, I think, to the fan base right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sean, it's a two-way street, though, because on one side, you've got what happened last offseason, where Saquon felt, uh, you know, completely neglected and disrespected and, and yada, yada, yada. And on the other side, you've got the Giants actually pledging their loyalty to him, which made no sense at the time with, with where, where the team was. I mean, you said that Daniel Jones, you know, if he went down a week before, then they probably would have traded him. So I, I guess it wasn't as easy as as most of us thought. But on on the other hand, you have the Giants pledging their loyalty to him in the middle of the season, which I think for you know for the offseason, again, like I don't blame Saquon for for feeling the way he does, but the Giants made up for it in a sense. And he said, you know, I want to be a giant forever, I want to be a giant for years to come. And now this. And now he's questioning the loyalty. And, and again, it's it's understood. I understand why he's doing it. But again, it, it's a two-way street because they kind of made up for what they did. And you still are a leader on this team. And yes, before this, I think a lot of Giants fans were like, well, let's bring him back. Like, like, let's spend the $10 million a year for the next two or three years. Why not? Because he completely changes this offense when he's on the field. That's yeah. not going to happen anymore. He's done. He's done with with Big Blue. Like there's no doubt about it after these comments, I cannot see a way that they bring him back. But here's the thing. He's going to hit open market and this is going to be Dalvin Cook all over again. Where Dalvin Cook got no money, no teams decided to, to you know to to open their their checkbooks and pay him. And Saquon's going to be left with the reality and and, and he's going to have to deal with the reality that he's a running back in a league that doesn't value running backs. It's not personal, Saquon. Right. The, the only personal thing was that they didn't trade him. Like they, they're like, listen, Saquon, we love you, man. Like we want you to stay here. And they didn't trade him. It's not personal. What happened in the off season. It's business, not personal. And, and, and I think he acknowledged that. And by the way, my issue would probably be more with the giants on that than Saquon themselves. Like if that's how Saquon feels, you guys had to have had honest conversations. Then you know, maybe you should have moved him. I, 
I don't know. I'm just going to be so I, – I guess I'm still not fully trusting Joe Shane, especially if that Leonard Williams story comes out. Like, would you really have yeah. not have traded Leonard Williams for a second pick? So I, I while I'm advocating you shouldn't fire him, I just hope that we're still doing things in the best interest of the team and showing a little cold-bloodedness. I did want to share, like, a side anecdote about Saquon Barkley here. Um, I did not share this on the show on WFM because it, it partially fell out of place, and B, it could be for a million different reasons. But here on this podcast, I can kind of expand a little more without people, like, jumping and going, oh, my God, hear what he, you know, hear what he said. This week, I had the privilege and the honor to attend Darren Waller's, the Darren Waller Foundation, the Wall Ball. Okay, Darren Waller raised a lot of great money, and I encourage anybody who can go donate to check out the DarrenWallerFoundation.org um, for you know assisting today's youth with addiction rehab, uh, drugs and alcohol, and we all know Darren Waller's plight or fight if you haven't researched it a little bit, and he did such a great job. So many items to auction off. Craig Carton was the MC of this event, and he did tweet this out, a little teaser to it, that no Giants teammates showed up to this event. And the way the event, the way the event was promoted in, you know, kind of like a, a pamphlet that I got was, you know, there's going to be footballs available, you know, with your, you know, in some Darren and some of his teammates will sign. So they were definitely <laughs> expecting teammates there. I cannot speak as to what other teammates were supposed to be there other than Saquon Barkley. And the reason I could say that is because when the event started, and again, I'm not trying to take away from the event. And that is not the reason I was there was not to break news, which is why I'm trying to say this. And anything could be the reason why this didn't happen, but they had uh, a couple of Saquon Barkley jerseys that Saquon was going to sign that would be auctioned off. And the auctioneer, kept promoting that Saquon might walk through those, through those doors at any minute, promoted he's the best running back in, in the league. And they promoted this once, twice, and it got to a third time. And by the third time, the auctioneer finally said, hey, if Saquon doesn't come through those doors, Darren will bring it back to the locker room and have it signed. Saquon Barkley never showed up to the event in the time that I was there. Now, could there have been a personal emergency? Of course. Could there have been some kind of family emergency, something like that? Of course, which is why I'm not trying to fully paint Saquon Barkley as the bad guy here. All I am saying is for those that attended, which it wasn't, it was a very small, you know, a small enough crowd. It wasn't like, this is why this isn't a huge story. For those that have attended, it definitely did not make Saquon look good. But again, I don't want to say that. And then you find out, you know, you don't know what he was dealing. Totally possible. Yeah. Totally. I'm just giving you the information as I observe. So I he, see that happen. Then I hear, you know, Saquon going this whole screen about loyalty and everything else. I, I've just gotten bad vibes from Saquon Barkley this week. Bad vibe, Like the opposite of the vibes in which we've been painted the picture that is Saquon Barkley the person. So do with that information what you may. Um, and I do not want that taking away from what Darren Waller did, which was a great cause. But I think we can all admit, man, a, a teammate like that throws a charity. You know, I don't. And it feels like and no one goes. It no just one feels, goes. That's not. A good I don't one. like that vibe from the locker room, man. I, yeah. I don't like that vibe from the locker room. Not a single player was there. And again, I don't know who else may or may not have told Darren he could go there. The only one I know is because you know they were announcing that they were expecting Saquon there. That's the only thing I could tell you. So well, it's I don't in, know your thoughts in, on that price. It's indicative of where this locker room is at right now. Clearly in disarray, and for whatever reason, I mean, it obviously has to do with the, the Giants' lack of winning. And there's 
been butting of heads and it's just not ideal right now. But at the same time, you can't support your teammate who has his own foundation and throws an event that even Sean went to. Like this is this one was that Saquon couldn't go, but but you went. Like that's you know if there was like more media members than there were Giants teammates. I mean, I know there are more media members out there than 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 Giants players, but still, you can't have one of them. Yeah, and again, not the, one guy. And that's what's weird about an event like that. So, like again, I, you know, into my like full time on air tenure here at W. This is the first time I got invited to like a players charity event. So I'm not there to go there and go, ooh, this is going on, that's going on. Like, I'm not trying to do any kind of, like, journalism thing. I'm just speaking, you know, as a Giant fan that was there talking, it could have been anything. And it could have been totally, like, he could have let Darren know 10 minutes before in the auctioneer didn't know. Like, there could have been something major, and, and Saquon could be totally excused. I'm just telling you that this happened. And if you're comboing, like, these dominoes now of Saquon Barkley's week, it just, there's a bad taste in my mouth with what's going yeah. on in the Giant room right now. That's it. Um, okay, with that, with that, Real quick thought on tanking because this is another thing people keep fighting about. Um, because Dable was asked about giving Saquon carries in a workload and he's trying to win games. And people, I think Dan Duggan had the report of like the Giants aren't gonna go out of their way to lose games here, guys. We need to understand that this is not the NBA lottery system here where teams are purposely not playing guys and doing all this. When we talk about tanking in the NFL, we talk about just Teams being really crappy that as fans, we discuss like oh, a loss, another another help cause the tank. Like, do people really need to explain to them that of course, of course, the players on the field and of course the coaches putting together a game plan all week aren't openly trying to lose football games. I thought we had this understanding as football fans that when talking about tanking, it's like a fan conversation about the team being bad enough and looking at the schedule and losing games. I, like, I thought that that was an understanding, and it's really bothering me now that, like, reporters are fighting back on, see, I told you they're not going to take – no, 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 no. The team stinks. That's how they're tanking. That's what we mean. I mean, Bryce, have I lost my mind here? No. No. And I understand – I understand why. As a Giants fan, you don't want your team to lose, and you don't want to assume that your team is actively trying to lose, let's say, your season ticket member – and you, you go to every game and you don't want to go to a game where the Giants aren't trying. They're trying. You can't tell these guys are making millions of dollars to go out there and try to lose. That's not, again, and you, you brought up the NBA as an example, and that's completely different because that's why they had to implement a lottery because teams literally would not play their best players. They were actively tanking. The coaches were, were drawing up terrible plays, you know, in the last few minutes of the game. NFL is different, and they might implement a lottery, which I think would be smart, but there really isn't a need right now. There isn't a reason to, you know, get rid of the incentive of being bad enough to just be, you know, the worst team in in the NFL. So I, I think I get where a lot of these Giants fans are coming from, but I've had the correct mindset from the start where the Giants are just not good enough, and this is a good thing. And you don't have to root for them to lose, but if they lose, it's good. That's right. the thing. You're, that's the thing. As a fan on Sunday, if we sit down and they lose a game to the Commanders, you might just naturally have that feeling in you of like, this is awful. I hate this. It sucks in real time. And I understand that because I'm a fan. I, there were parts of me watching the game on Sunday. Dallas, I'm like, this is a joke. But you shouldn't let that linger with you the way like some of us fans in other seasons will have losses linger. That's all. The great picture is it still could be a good thing. Yeah, just let it, you know, the aftertaste is going to be better than the original bite. Right. You know, like the forest the, through the trees, Bryce. Yeah. 
So they're going to lose and it's going to suck. And then, you know, just give it a few days and you're like, eh. You know, that one Alonzo morning gif where he's like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect, perfect video play, Bryce. Um, All right. With that, we continue happy Thanksgiving. The Giants are nine and a half point underdogs in Washington, which is just unbelievable. A team they just beat a couple weeks ago, a team they always beat. I think that's a very big spread, even though we're not talking about gambling for this perspective. But uh, we could do a little fantasy reality and a game pick. Just a little background here on this game and why I think the spread is what the spread is. Um, the commanders have kept fighting through their trade deadline where they've traded off a couple pieces. They almost beat the Seattle Seahawks a week ago. I think Sam Howell is getting better every week, right? He's better than he was a month ago when the Giants saw the Washington commanders, uh, and they still have way more pieces. Also, as bad as the Giants have been, and you look back at that second half versus Dallas, as much as they've got steamrolled, when the game was 28-7, and if you had any pipe dream the Giants could score again, Kayvon Thibodeau was not going to play another snap in that game. Deontay Banks was not going to play another snap in that game. They were already without a Dory Jackson. Jalen Hyatt had gotten a concussion. Like I, It's almost like the game got so out of hand we forgot. Giants lost a ton of players in that game. Like What they were running out there in the whole second half, when that game got from 28 to 49 on the Cowboys side, while you might have seen Aziz Ojolari and Bobby Okereke and Micah McFadden out there and Xavier McKinney out there, there was bare bones other than that. And with that, yeah. we still have not seen Hyatt or Thibodeau off the report. And Thibodeau is such a big part of that defensive line here. Um, it, it is going to have to be the Dexter Lawrence dominating show if you think the Giants yeah. are close. Offensively, I, I don't mind that the Giants played a little towards the end of that game, Bryce. Uh, Tommy DeVito, whatever, like he's trying to develop here as a backup quarterback. That's all he's trying to do is just trying to figure out his career. Ends up putting 17 points on the board, which is okay. the second highest point total of the giant year, by the way. <laughs> um, so where this game is, the fantasy and reality play of this. Woo. Fantasy is tough, huh? Boy, is that one tough. That's a big matzo ball out there. But you know what? How about we play Darius Slayton this week? He's finding he's finding the upfield. He was a little frustrated last week. I think they're going to work to give Slayton some looks in this game. Uh, and I think DeVito's been trying to find him. Hey, it's a dart. If you're starting anybody in the Giants, you probably deserve to lose. But you may want to look at some alternate yardage props and stuff on Darius Slayton. <coughs> the reality of the game is this is the first time of many down the stretch of this Giants season. Maybe many is a strong word. That there is an actual pathway to the Giants winning the game, whether we want them to or not. There is. I'm not telling you they will. So if there is a pathway to the Giants winning this game, what is the pathway? If they're not going to have Thibodeau, but this game you do have Ojolari, it's just going to be dominating up front. They forced Sam Howell into errors the last game. That was where Banks had the pick. Dexter Lawrence completely dominated the game. We know the Giants aren't going to drop 24-plus points to win this game. If they're going to win this game, it's going to have to be 14-7, 14-10, like they did a couple weeks ago. The difference is you don't have Terod Taylor. So, so can Tommy DeVito and Saquon Barkley and company make enough plays? But they only do that by limiting the Washington offense, and they only do that by Dexter Lawrence going all-world in this game and Ojolari playing as well. I'll end with my game pick, and then I'll toss it over to you, Bryce, for kind of some of the same stuff. Ultimately, I don't think the Giants are going to win. I think that the will is broken, the spirit's broken. And I do think that the injuries they have, like what's left on the team that is now further hurt, is going to hurt what they're going to do, right? They're not going to be able to test like like, uh, Tyrod did in game one versus the Commanders with Hyatt down the field. They're not going to have Kayvon completely wrecking on the edge. Uh, I think that 
Sam Howell will, will find a little something. Maybe he'll have a couple turnovers. I just think the Giants lose this game 20 to 12. How about that? 20 to oh, 12. God. And the Giants find a way to cover the spread, but lose yeah. the game. Bryce to you. So if I'm going to go fantasy pick and you, you mentioned the injuries, we don't know exactly who's going to play, but I still think the Giants defense is a solid play. I'm starting them in one of my leagues. I think that just overall, for whatever reason, I, I understand when you know, different circumstances or you know, the last game, the Giants defense usually does pretty well against Washington. And again, like you said, Sam Howell is getting better week after week. So I don't think that this is going to be, you know, a, a crazy performance on defense. I think the Giants defense can get you eight, nine points. I think that, you know, if they, if they force a few turnovers, they might get a few more than that. But again, like you said, I don't think that this is going to be a high scoring game. I think even if the commanders win this game, I don't see them putting up more than 20, 20 plus points. So I'd start the Giants defense. I am starting the Giants defense. Uh, maybe the stupidest idea ever, but I guess that this is like my one last chance to start anything for the Giants. I mean, the, you know, we'll see. I mean, they play the Patriots, so, so who knows? Uh, but shifting over to the reality side of things, I think that, again, as you said, we're not going to be we're not going to be disagreeing much on this. The Giants want to win this game. They're going to have to force some turnovers here, and their top players are going to have to play. And Dexter Lawrence is going to have to have the game of his career because to be a nine and a half point underdog against a team you literally just beat a few weeks ago is just telling of where this team is at. And the reality of the situation for the Giants is that they're just not good, and yeah. they're not in a good position. They're not going to be winning games and. Going forward, we don't expect them to win a single game. I don't expect them to win a single game the rest of the year. So the Giants lose this game, and my game pick is going to be 17-7. Commanders, I think the Giants' defense shows up. They keeps it slightly. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go 17-9 because I think the Giants are going to cover this game. So I think I think, right. I think they're going to be – the Giants are going to score a touchdown. Maybe, maybe a Sam Howell safety. Maybe a Sam Howell or safety. Or safety, a safety. If the Giants, but that that's that's banking on the fact that the Giants actually score a touchdown in this game, yeah. which I could be, could be a little far fetched. So I think Graham Gano has three field goals. Sam Howell, Graham Gano, Graham Gano's back? Oh, Graham Gano, no, Graham, not Graham. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not Bullock? in. I'm, I'm not in the current reality. Yes, Randy Bullock, and uh, yeah, not in not in the current reality. Uh, but yeah, Randy Bullock has three field goals. I I I wanted to be three weeks ago. I wanted to be four weeks ago when the Giants actually had a chance in the season. I guess that just shows you how, uh, you know, how, how fully I've embraced the tank here that I really forgot that Randy Bullock is the, is the kicker for the giants. Yeah. He's got three field goals. Giants lose 17 and nine. All right. Uh, and that'll wrap it for one giant step. I realize as I'm teasing right now that James, our producer had texted me yesterday about next week's schedule uh, as he's prepared to head off on a little vacation. And as I'm talking about this out loud, I realize the next week is Thanksgiving week. So I might have to talk to him later on about how exactly we're dropping uh, certain pods next week because I'm a fat blubbering idiot. But anyway, thanks to everybody for listening, downloading, subscribing to One Giant Step free on the Odyssey app and everywhere podcasts are available. Bryce, we'll figure out the schedule next week, my man. If I don't speak to you before then, enjoy your turkey. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, and happy Thanksgiving to Giant fans celebrating everywhere. Thanks for taking one giant step with us.